Hey, everybody, get ready for an informative episode from Parents' Rights in Education. I'm Suzanne Gallagher, and I'm looking forward to our time together. We stand and defend the fundamental rights of all parents to raise their children and firmly believe children belong to their families, not the state, not the teachers, the teachers' union, or any other bureaucrat. I invite you to visit our website, parentsrightsined.com. Sign up to receive our news alerts. Like our Facebook page. Join or form a Parents' Rights and Education affiliate chapter. Making your voice heard is always easier with others. Just grab a couple friends and you're there. We will help with training, information, branding, and contact referrals. Let's start a Facebook group for you. Submit the chapter inquiry form on our website, parentsrightsined.com. Gallagher, Gallagher, and this is part four of What Do I Do Now? Make plans for alternative education. Unenroll today. Parents' Rights in Education is encouraging parents to unenroll from their local public school. There are two reasons why you want to do this. One is practical and the other political. There is something very good happening because of this Chinese virus issue. As public schools self-destruct, parents are waking up across the country. We are creating parents' rights chapters in Illinois, Arizona, Texas, and Florida, as well as Southwest Washington. And we truly believe there is going to be a dramatic shift away from public education. With most schools having withdrawals about their China virus shutdown policies, they are not able to decide whether to offer the full menu of in-person learning, online live instruction, or the hybrid. So they threw it out to the communities to decide. That decision is proving to be a disaster. Parents are not fooled. They are Zoom call weary, and even though administrators have bent over backwards with clever rhetoric and marketing titles for the new programs, oh, like Ready School Safe Learners, and an acronym RSSL, we are not buying it. They say they care, and they're listening, sharing important updates from their instruction teams And they say they hear your concerns, like struggles to choose the right RSSL option or model. Uh, Really? I mean, wouldn't you say the number one goal for families is just to get back to school the way it used to be? Here's a sample of the message districts are sending to parents this week. As we prepare to finalize our re-entry plans for the fall, please know it is very important that you have signed up for Parent View. Now, Parent View is the name of a platform. This platform will provide you the access to online instruction tools, along with the ability to track your students' progress. For TTSD families who are not currently signed up, for Parent View, 
you should have received an email last week with an access code to complete your registration. And you can find additional information on parent view and sign up process. Sign up here. The school communication continues. I also want to share with you that due to the latest guidance from the governor and state health officials, we have made the very difficult decision to suspend all athletic conditioning and activities. And as long as health conditions in our county continue to require us to be in distance learning, all activities will continue to be suspended. Now, wait just a minute here. (laughs) But isn't exercise good for our health? Children especially need it. Isn't that why there is recess and PE? They go on. I hope to see you at our virtual community presentation tomorrow at 6 p.m. Right during dinner time. We thought that would be a great idea. Excuse me, that was my addition. Wishing you a safe and healthy week. Signed warmly, Dr. X, first name. Uh, Since when did superintendents of large school districts especially use their first name and warmly? Uh, Warmly doesn't sound very professional. I don't know about you, but something's up. And while Dr. X is setting up all these links to demonstrations of their chosen instructional program and calendar of info meetings, governor's guiding metrics for decisions on when schools are safe to open, the preliminary list of frequently asked questions with answers, uh, this resource is being built and will continue to be updated as we finalize and update our plan. And the summer meal sites and information. Okay, uh, let me back up here. Okay, the governor's guiding metrics for decisions on when schools are safe to open. Um, Actually, they're quite safe right now. And one reason I know that they think that they're safe is because they're offering childcare at the schools for a thousand bucks a month. Okay, so this preliminary list with frequently asked questions um, and a resource is being built and will continue to be updated as we finalize and update our plan. Uh, People, it's August. This is the time when teachers normally are in the classroom, setting up their classroom, you know, getting ready to greet their students. And they haven't finalized their plan yet. Oh, and by the way, the summer meal sites and information, uh, uh, what's that about? Well, I guess we must remember that public schools are not educational institutions anymore. What is the matter with me? What am I thinking? Uh, We have been corrected by administrators, making it very clear schools today are not educational institutions. They are instead social service agencies. Yes, that's what we've been told by administrators. So why are we so surprised at all of this? 
Okay, so in the meantime, also, we're hearing about some very exciting solutions to this maze of indecisions on the part of our local social service agencies. Private schools offer more traditional curriculums, almost non-existent in today's climate. Homeschooling. Uh, homeschooling is a great option. Parents' Rights in Education has a page on our website giving suggestions for resources. It is just a springboard, though, to so many curriculums and programs that are offered now. Uh, just, just Google homeschooling. You will be amazed and encouraged. Families are getting together to form regional groups so they can share responsibilities and talents. Firmly Planted Homeschooling Resource Center in Vancouver is just one of many. Many families, though, cannot afford formal private school, and they don't have the option to homeschool. As parents navigate through the maze of school issues now, it is clear coordinating with other families who have the same need has attractive possibilities. Substitute teachers are seeking tutoring opportunities for small groups of students on a contractual basis. These are called learning pods. Teachers who have been marginalized for their refusal to teach controversial subjects are choosing to take a new path. In fact, so many families are unenrolling their children, laid off full-time teachers, are now free to pursue alternative educational opportunities so that they can really apply their gifts and their talents. What do, what do they really want to do? They want to teach kids, okay, not, not be counselors, uh, not uh, disseminate uh, Marxist principles. There is a huge shift happening right in front of our very eyes. In fact, we just received interest from a ballroom dance business owner asking if there might be groups interested in renting space in her facility. These options will soon become as lucrative and more creative than the government school. Parents will have the right to evaluate teacher performance and decide from year to year who should teach their child. What a concept. Foster innovative teaching techniques. Freelance teaching consultants will be in high demand. Imagine the possibilities for education in the future. All of this is very practical. Let's just unenroll so we can move forward with school. There is a political reason, too. For years, parents have been frustrated with the one-size-fits-all approach in public education. Not only that, they now know without a doubt the bureaucracy is making parent involvement in decision-making impossible. You probably are familiar with the American Center for Law and Justice, ACLJ, founded by attorney Jay Sekulow. The ACLJ made a plea for plaintiffs in their lawsuit to defend parents' rights. If schools don't reopen due to the coronavirus crisis, what about the kids? Teachers' unions and the far left are trying to restrict educational options at the exact moment we need them the most. Many parents, including single moms and dads, can't stay home. Some homes don't have proper internet access or essential equipment, 
like laptops for their kids to attend all the Zoom calls. Tax dollars are going to these schools, but they aren't providing classroom learning or comprehensive resources. Some states are even restricting distance learning opportunities. Quality K-12 education is a right guaranteed by every state in the nation. It's time to demand our tax dollars go where the parents need them. The money needs to follow the child. If localities allow our children's future to be held hostage to the radical left teachers' unions, the ACLJ will go to court. Parents' rights in education is a plaintiff on another lawsuit slated for SCOTUS review. When we heard of the ACLJ effort to hold schools accountable, we contacted them and committed to spread the word. Parents nationwide have offered to participate. As a result, the goal for plaintiffs has been met in many states already. Go to their website and sign the petition. Now, let's discuss a very disturbing reality, which recently surfaced in Portland, Oregon. We have witnessed over 60 nights of militant riots in downtown Portland. There is no denying the loss of property and bodily harm perpetrated on law enforcement, city businesses, and public property. While we at Parents' Rights in Education try to make sense of the connection to public schools and advise parents, the Oregon governor extends unreasonable business and school lockdowns and draconian restrictions that will have little, if any, effect on the health concerns of the day. And even more disturbing than all of that, we know K-12 public schools are promoting Black Lives Matter in Oregon, Illinois, and beyond by posting articles on their websites encouraging parents and teachers to subscribe to their mantra, vote for their far-left candidates, and contribute financially to their cause to tear down our great nation. That is their purpose, to tear down the United States of America. We reported on the illegality of such speech by district superintendents in a recent news alert my podcast series describing the link of student recruitment to engage in protests, riots, to public schools through Advocates for Youth couldn't be more compelling. The point is, there is now a calculated move by schools to indoctrinate students and families to support the Black Lives Matter movement. Vote only for Democrats and ultimately destroy our constitutional representative republic. A friend sent me a link to an article written on August 2nd by Mario Murillo titled Burning Bibles in Portland Shows Their True Colors. The entire article showcases the essence of attacks on our culture and national heritage. As I address in a previous episode, it is coming together. We are under siege, people. The enemy has landed. Quoting from Murillo's article, he leads off with, Black Lives Matter has started burning Bibles. They knelt with their Black Lives Matter signs leaning against them 
and burned a pile of Bibles. Do you have any idea what this means? In 10 years at Berkeley, during the height of riots and demonstrations, I never saw a Bible burned. Ask yourself, what does burning copies of the Word of God have to do with black lives? Answer, it has to do with black lives about as much as Black Lives Matter does. Absolutely nothing. This is something evil and so dangerous that we must prepare for the fight of our lives. By burning Bibles, BLM has revealed their true colors. This is not about rights or equality, and it is certainly not about George Floyd. Clearly, this is about destroying Western civilization, and they will proudly stand by this religious hatred. You will hear no apology from BLM. Here's what Ian Chong, a Twitter user who posted the video, said. Quote, left-wing activists bring a stack of Bibles to burn in front of the federal courthouse in Portland. Unquote. Later in the Twitter thread, Chong pointed out that the violent and chaotic nature of these protesters has no correlation with protesting against police brutality. He went on, I don't know what burning the Bible has to do with protesting against police brutality. Do not be under the illusion that these protests and riots are anything but an attempt to dismantle all of Western civilization and upend centuries of tradition and freedom of religion, states Chong. I believe this is a frontal attack on the Judeo-Christian worldview and its profound influence on the formation of our Constitution, beginning before the pilgrims landed on our shores in 1492. There is no doubt the Bible influenced our form of government, beginning with the Declaration of Independence, declaring our rights come from God, not the government. These rights are inalienable. Murillo goes on to describe anti-Christian Chinese activities. He says it is not a coincidence that as communist agitators grow bolder in the U.S., China is intensifying a crackdown on Chinese congregations in Beijing and various provinces. They are destroying crosses, and like their counterparts here, they too are burning Bibles. And the other things China is currently doing, such as closing churches and ordering followers to sign papers renouncing their faith, is the next part of the left's plan for America. The similarities between BLM, Antifa, agitators in the United States and the Chinese Communist Party continue to grow as the two groups come together over their goal of removing President Trump from office in November and forcing the United States into irredeemable decline. The silence in the media, the total lack of coverage about this Bible burning will tell you all you need to know about the Democrat Party. Joe Biden will not mention it, let alone condemn it. 
you will also hear absolutely nothing about this from the press. That silence, that tacit approval, is why these looters, rioters, and thugs believe that they can operate with impunity. Tucker Carlson said it best. They are the armed militia of the Democrat Party. There can be no question in your mind why we must vote every Democrat out of office. This is no longer a political party. It is a shill for violent revolution, says Murillo. Oh, and book burning is darker than you may realize. Heinrich Hein, the German poet, said in 1820, quote, where they have burned books, they will end up burning people, unquote. His chilling prophetic statement that where books have been burnt, the people would eventually be burnt, came true at the infamous May 10th, 1933 book burning of more than 25,000 volumes in Berlin's Opera Square, which was presided over by the most intellectual of the Nazi leaders, Dr. Joseph Goebbels. They later built ovens to incinerate Jews, undesirables, and dissidents. The act of burning Bibles in Portland is not innocent or harmless. There is something evil unfolding in our nation, and our stance toward the left must change. So long as we ignore the clear signs of tyranny, the overreach of leftist governors in the pandemic, the censorship of social media and news media, we risk a dark and evil world for our children and grandchildren. We have nothing to fear but complacency, tolerance, and apathy. Fear of being called a racist is right behind this unholy trio as the sickness of our generation of believers. That is from Mario Marillo. Now, why do I bring this up? We are not a Christian organization per se, but as U.S. citizens, we would be foolish to ignore the fact every communist regime has made it their mission to eradicate any belief in God in deference to allegiance to the state. Our rights as parents are no less important than any of those listed in the Constitution. Take care. I'm Suzanne Gallagher, and this is Parents' Rights Now. Please forward this to your friends. Do you know any parents who don't have any time to read lengthy emails? That's what the podcast is for. You have complete control over your access to this information. And you can share it. Share, share, share. Please send it to your friends. And invite them to subscribe to Parents' Rights Now. Don't forget to register for the Northwest Safe Schools Summit. Featuring Walt Heyer, Heidi St. John, Bernadette Broyles Esquire, and Rebecca Friedrichs. Check out events on our website. Parents' Rights in Education is a tax-deductible, non-profit organization. We rely solely on your contributions. Help stop sexualization of our students in public schools. Together, we can do this. See you next time to learn more about parents' rights now.